Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode three of the Community Solutions Podcast. Coming to you from the students, faculty, staff, and community partners of the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in warm and sunny downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman Jr., a faculty member in the department and your host for this skill-building podcast. Today, I want to start with a special thanks to all of our listeners. Our downloads are growing, and we are so thankful to all of you. Make sure to keep spreading the word about our podcast to all your friends and neighbors around the globe, as together we can work to build healthy, hope-filled neighborhoods. I also want to give a big thanks to my buddy Nick. He's a student here uh, at IUPUI, and he is helping me a lot with all of the technical aspects of putting this podcast together. I'm really grateful to Nick for all of his hard work. These students across this campus are awesome. In today's podcast, our two students, Christina and Caitlin, interview me about my work at growing grassroots maternal and child health leaders. These women are essential elements for building the capacity of neighborhoods to support healthy birth and infant development outcomes. I have been so blessed to work with wise, impactful women in this work, and I have learned so much from them. So. I want to give a big shout out of thanks to the women in Los Angeles, Omaha, Morocco, and now Indiana, who have and are working hard to ensure that all women have the opportunity for a healthy pregnancy and that all infants have the opportunity to grow and develop in a healthy, nurturing neighborhood. This is essential for our civilization. So, hey, have a great day, everyone, and let's join the conversation. Thank you for listening in with us today. My name's Caitlin DeLong. And I'm Christina Johannan. We are excited to talk to Jack Terman Jr. today, who has dedicated much of his career to improving child and maternal health outcomes. Jack is a professor of social and behavioral sciences at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. And we're going to be discussing with him today five ways to be a maternal grassroots leader. Um, Jack, we're really excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks a bunch. Yeah. So we're just going to jump right into these questions. Um, And the first question that we have for you, in your work, you have emphasized the importance of grassroots leaders in the fight to improve maternal and child health and ultimately to decrease maternal and infant mortality. Can you share with us what it means to be a grassroots leader and in that to elaborate on the role that they play in this fight? Sure. That's a great question. A grassroots leader is an individual who has a really great social, historical, and compassionate perspective of their neighborhood and who has the trust and the respect of local citizens um, to really engage them in community-based work 
and hold them accountable for all of their efforts. Mm. These folks often have firsthand knowledge and or experiences regarding the topic of focus. So in my case, it's um, mostly been women, but actually men as well that have experience with maternal uh, child health issues. Um, they're very willing to learn, uh, to advocate for their communities, and to really express an honest uh, assessment of their community, both all of its assets and its needs. I really consider them to be the experts of their community. Mm-hmm. When, we, when we think about community as a discipline, they're the experts right. at representing this. Uh, they form coalitions. They usually think outside the box in terms of organizations that might be really helpful you know, to advance um, improvement in the issue that they're, that they're focused on. Really importantly to me, um, it, these folks are able to really work with community members so that they all understand the severity or the impact of a health issue of focus. Mm-hmm. So my work, I'm, I'm really passionate about infant mortality and reducing infant mortality and maternal mortality. And so many times, poor birth outcomes have been normalized by communities over years and years and years. Right. And, and they don't even know that it's a problem because it's just what's happened to them or their grandmother or their mother or their aunt. So these leaders are the best poised to really go into the community and talk with citizens about the data in a fashion that's really meaningful and then move the citizens to action, you know, to really identify right. what issues are and solution strategies that will really work. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us some more about your work with a community in Nebraska, the Connections Project? Uh, This is a a real highlight of my career. Um, This was a project um, that was really wonderfully funded by uh, the Nebraska Department of Health and um, by uh, learning communities of Douglas County, where Omaha is is located, as well as the March of Dimes of Nebraska. And this was really a community-based program aimed at approving birth outcomes in the African-American community in Omaha. And uh, the first step of this was to train and mentor three really wonderful women who live in this neighborhood and who are really passionate about Mm -hmm. becoming maternal child health leaders. Um, These three women went through the leadership program that we all put together and I have to tell you, quite honestly, they really impacted my life immensely mm-hmm. to, to this day and to the work that I do. So I'm really indebted to them uh, for what they taught me. They worked really hard uh, to implement all the elements of the program. And, and I really believe that they, they worked along with the great staff that I had uh, at the university to really save the lives of moms and babies in these neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And uh, they really raised the awareness and causes of infant mortality around all aspects of the neighborhood. And they really worked to create a culture that has supported pregnant women and their children and their families. 
I'm really happy to say they've continued all their hard work and uh, have really advanced uh, this neighborhood. So I'm really blessed to have worked with them in this effort. Right. Um, and you talked a lot about the importance of working in that community and neighborhood level um, that you mentioned. So how do you make that specific neighborhood conducive to healthy pregnancies? Um, and what are some strategies that the community in Nebraska that you mentioned developed to promote maternal and child health in their neighborhoods? Oh, that's great. Thanks for that, because I want to really give honor to all the hard work that the people did. So first, I think it's important that you have to step back. Mm -hmm. If you're going to make a community conducive to healthy pregnancies, you've got to step up and prioritize pregnant women. And you have to honor them. And you have to honor their infants and the value of pregnancy and the value of infancy and the value of family, however that's that's defined, to, to support them. And so... You, for every community, they have to step back and they have to kind of think of the community infrastructure or um, programs or activities that they need in order to really honor pregnancy mm-hmm. and infants and families that care for them. It may be, in general, um, figuring out a way to really help care for women while they're pregnant. Um, helping care for mom and baby once the baby comes. Right. Both are very important. <laughs> both are important, and you want to honor both of them, right? Just because baby comes doesn't mean that mom isn't important anymore, right. you know? Um, uh, want to make sure that they have really good access mm-hmm. to the range of health care, both physical health care, mental health care, um, uh, access to food, to physical activity, and really important, we know in the world of pregnancy and infancy, um, social support. Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, this is going to play out differently in different neighborhoods because everyone has strengths and assets. The folks in Nebraska really worked hard to develop a pregnancy peer support program mm-hmm. because they really prioritize social support for pregnant women and and for about the first three months after they deliver the baby. Um, They developed really great community learning forums um, to spread the word, and their community forums were really action-based. So they created a YouTube video, and they created stress balls and handouts and all this really great stuff. Um, They also really worked with us to create a a maternal infant attachment formation program Mm. to really support the bond of the mom and baby um, during the baby's first year of life. Um, And so uh, these were kind of the priorities. Uh, In addition to, I I just realized, another one, they they really developed great work throughout daycare and pre-care, preschool programs throughout the community because so many, you know, babies have to be there, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure there's a really good continuum of care from the home into Mm -hmm. the the daycare setting. Mm -hmm. So you've done a lot of work, both here in the U.S. and abroad. Uh, Can you tell us about the work you've done surrounding maternal child health in Morocco? And how is it similar or different to that project you just talked about in Nebraska? Mm. Yeah, that's great. Shout out to all my... Moroccan friends and uh, now family. They're like family to me. It's just a a lovely, great place. Uh, 
So, yeah, these are really, it's, it's kind of, uh, you mm. probably suspect, very different environments, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but again, it's a really good example of community needs, right? So in Morocco, there's a great amount of social support for women and families. Families are very mm. strong. Communities are very strong. Um, there's a really great honoring of pregnancy and, and, and the new baby. But they really need grassroots or, you know, they, they need healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are really great doctors there. And, but midwives do most of the delivery. 80% of the deliveries, at least, right. are by midwives. And so they really need more midwives. And they need m- m- midwives that are really educated in evidence-based labor and delivery mm-hmm. practice, a prenatal care practice and postpartum care practice. So uh, I was really blessed to work with uh, my university partner over there, Hassan, the first university, and to, they, they really developed a great midwifery training program at the university. So I've helped them with that, and now we we've graduated two or three cohorts of midwives, and now they're working across the country and uh, really becoming great leaders. To tell you the truth mm-hmm. of of midwifery there. Um, they really wanted public health. Public health is is kind of f- formal public health education mm-hmm. is new there. So worked with them to develop the country's first masters of public health programs. We have oh, our wow. first cohort right now has a very strong maternal child health focus, as you all might imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> um, so that uh, w- we can really build that, and then. Finally, we're developing a really innovative smartphone application mm. there. Uh, so the team there was working really hard to develop the first smartphone application in Morocco, in Morocco to really support women's health. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in English and classic Arabic and in French and in the Arabic dialect of Morocco, as well as in some of the Berber dialects. So, because we want to impact all of the people there and, like, give all women the access to this information to support their healthy pregnancies and their infants. And I, you know, so you could see it's different from the kind of work I did in Nebraska, but I have to tell you there's a really cool kind of connection. When I was finishing out my work in Nebraska, all the women, the pregnant women we worked with, now they're all moms, and the community mm-hmm. leaders said, we really need information on a phone. Because mm. we, we don't have time to go to a website. We need it right away on the phone. So they really inspired this, this activity of creating a smartphone application. Mm, a move to a social media component, potentially. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I love this all throughout the podcast. You've been talking about the importance of grassroots leaders within those neighborhoods and communities, communities, meeting them where they're at and what they need individually. Um, So talking about that, what is your role as a public health professional in this process? I know you've touched over it a bit. Right. That's great. And and shout out to both of you because, you know, you're your great future public health professionals in the program here. And and so um, as you're learning in your education, you really begin to realize that our role is as facilitators. Mm. That's really what we are. We're not the experts of the community. We don't live in these communities. We're not from them. Right. Um, so we bring our knowledge 
to help facilitate their success and to mentor them along the journey. Because as you're all learning, there are bumps in the road. I mean, this is not necessarily easy work, um, but it's really fulfilling work. Sometimes we're just the biggest cheerleaders. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's an important role to kind of help keep them going. Um, kind of a little bit more concretely, we help provide them linkages, you know, to folks if they run into that, mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, we help kind of provide a general framework for implementation and evaluation because, as you both know, we want to, really want to evaluate what we did and how did it make an mm-hmm. impact. Um, and, and then as you get started, we have a role to share the data. Mm-hmm. The data is all out there. As you all know, this is public data. But oftentimes people in communities don't know it, right. and they don't know where to go get it. Mm. And so we have to open up that access for them. So um, I think the most important thing is we have to be good listeners, and we have to be willing to learn and to grow with the grassroots leaders on their mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Uh, just to kind of wrap everything up, would you be able to leave us with five points about how to prepare oneself to become an effective grassroots maternal and child health leader? Sure. And this is needed everywhere around the world. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> every community. <laughs> every, every community. Every Because right. everyone is in some phase of development around mm-hmm. women's health issues, right? right? So, uh, so thanks for asking that. I would say, first of all, you have to be a self-reflective leader. Mm-hmm. You, you have to take the time to know your strengths and lead from those strengths. Um, that's when you're going to have success. Don't be afraid to ask for help because you can't know everything and you can't be strong in everything. And always express gratitude to everyone along the journey because leadership is not about an individual. Leadership is about relationships. So always be grateful for those relationships. I would definitely also say be an advocate and learn how to advocate, learn how to influence policy. Um, Make sure you get people to register to vote. It is everyone's grassroots responsibility mm-hmm. to vote right. and vote for issues. In my case, as you probably know, I'm kind of biased. Vote for issues that support the health of women and babies and families. Mm-hmm. Um, be creative. Tap into your creativity. Everyone has creativity. Tap into it when you think about what you want to do in your neighborhood. And be inclusive of the range of folks in the neighborhood. Don't exclude people. The, mm. the quiet person who's never engaged might hold a lot of wisdom right. and ideas about what to do. Um, go into it with your toolkit of knowing the public health issues. Know, know the data and, and learn how to effectively communicate that data to a wide range of folks. And finally, kind of like I just answered in your last question, mm-hmm. be a good, active leader and listen well. Uh, listen for the knowledge and the wisdom that people are going to share with you. Be open to learning. And in conclusion, be kind. Mm. Um, I think... That's the pillar of a good leader. Right, and you think it would be simple. Yeah. Yeah, but as we can all see, it's it's not always so simple. But, right. But if you kind of go with that, just think, 
ground、mm. yourself in kindness and gratitude, and、mm. a lot gets done. Right. Well, Jack, thank you so much for having this conversation with us today. I know that Caitlin and I have really enjoyed it, and I hope that our audience、um, has received some great tips today on how they can go out in their communities and neighborhoods、um, to be a maternal grassroots leader.、Um, look out for our next podcast coming out, and、Absolutely. thank you for listening in. Great, thanks a bunch. Y'all have a good day.